have got it for cheap Might hurt you once, but never no more It's like trying to fly, but they clipping your wings And that's exactly why the cage bird sings Got it, got it for cheap Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Fifth Deck Podcast, the Toronto Blue Jays Podcast here at the Athletic Toronto. I'm your host, Blake Murphy, sitting directly to my left in my new digs, which is not quite the recording studio that's been promised yet. Sitting in a in a makeshift seat that's befitting of his sports takes, Jonah Bierenbaum. Jonah, welcome back to the show. Yes, thank you for that. Uh, I don't even know how to characterize that introduction, but thank you for it. Yes, this is it's visual cues on audio medium. It's always always a hit. Yeah, I mean oh. you're 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 good at the descriptions, you know, descriptive, yeah. strong descriptive language. Yes, um, one of I'll, your many strengths. Yes. Before we get going here, I'm just going to. Uh, that was very, very sports felt of us cracking the cracking the beers to open the podcast. Um, thank you to Muskoka Brewery for sending a couple along for us to enjoy. Did they really? Side. Yeah, they did. Excellent. Yeah, it was supposed to be for the long weekend. There couple, you go. Couple they don't know. Well, yeah. they, do, they, they, know they know now. now. Yeah, if they're listening. Yeah. Which, how could they not be? This is the uh, Fifth Deck Podcast, Blake. That's good gravy. Right? That's, yeah, yeah. The Fifth Deck Podcast, which we've actually managed to do multiple weeks in a row now. You're on a roll. Not unlike the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah, oh, the what Toronto a Blue Jays on a, on a little roll. I'm distracted as the Indiana Pacers wave Mata Ellis, <gasps> who no longer has it all, as it turns out. But you don't care. This is the Blue Jays Podcast. Um, shortly before our recording here. Moments the, ago. Moments ago. The Moments ago... I, I'm, let's not bury this. Roberto Osuna oh my goodness. takes care of Aaron Judge to end the game. Yeah, what a matchup! Yeah, Osuna, I mean, if you were gonna pick a hitter and a reliever so far this year to go head to head, I would definitely want that one. Want want to watch that one, especially because I know Roberto Osuna is gonna get him out because he's absolutely sensational. So, so here's my concern about Roberto Osuna: that he's not a starter. He's too good. <laughs> yeah. He's too good. So after he um, he goes one inning, he gets his 21st save of the season, giving up one hit, striking out one. 21st in a row. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Hasn't blown one since uh, St. Louis. Since he blew three early on, right? That's right. Yeah. Um, so he now has a strikeout-to-walk ratio of 47-3 to in 34 innings. Uh, that's good for a 212 ERA, 142 FIP. Um, however you want to measure it, Roberto Osuna is among the best closers in baseball this season. Uh, nice to see him on this little run. We're going to have to talk about certain things that might be in Roberto Osuna's future, future? later yeah. in this um, podcast because the Toronto Blue Jays have not been playing well this game aside. But what Roberto Osuna locking this one down did, uh, pushed the Jays back to 39-45, gives them a series victory against the Yankees. Um, things like that- their first consecutive win since like June 18th, 19th. It's been a while. Come on, really? It's, yeah. been, it's been a long that time. Long, eh? It's been a long time. Damn, should have left you. No, I don't mean uh-huh. to. Okay. <laughs> um, so the Blue Jays have, have not been in the best of shape here. Uh, taking two or three off the Yankees after a bad, bad series against the Boston Red Sox that Yikes. we probably are best off just not talking about, um, except maybe as it pertains to the, the starting rotation lining up for the, the Houston Astros this weekend. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, four games out from the All-Star break now. The Jays find themselves six games below 500. They are, what, four and a half games back of the wild card, which is the... Uh, fourth largest gap of any team in the AL in the American League, which means, uh, you know, that fourth last means you have a few less teams to jump, but things don't look great. And that has started to heat up some the discussion. Yes, Get her going. here on July 5th. Um, before we, we turn to the yes or no about trading pieces and what the timeline should be, um, your feeling on the Jays in general right now, where they sit six games back, four games from the All-Star break, um, is 
you know, you have been uncharacteristically optimistic all season before we came on the air. In words we can't repeat, um, <laughs> you expressed that this team is killing you. Uh, where where are you at, man? Let's let's feel the pulse of, of Jonah Bierenbaum, unlikely optimist. Yeah, and that's the thing is that credit to them, they found a way to quash the last shreds of optimism I had. That's not entirely true. Yeah. Uh, that that's a bit of an overstatement, but it's, that's what you get for trying to go through self improvement. Yeah, no, things are bleak, man. I mean, they're they're not a good offensive team, and the, the one strength of this team. Uh, the one major strength of this team that we thought was going to be there coming into the season, the starting rotation, has been really bad. And uh, there's just been very few positives uh, to, to glean from this team of late. But in spite of themselves, uh, God bless the second wildcard era because <laughs> no team is ever truly out of it. You know, they've played terribly uh, pretty much since the end of, of May. Um, and they're still, you know, ostensibly in the playoff race. So, you know, it, it is really tough to feel good about this team. And, you know, the things that we might have been inclined to dismiss as, you know, just small sample flatulence in April <laughs> or in May, it's, you know, we're approaching stabilization points and, you know, performance levels are starting to become uh, perhaps more indicative of true talent levels now. Yes. And that's alarming because a lot of uh, the players, the core offensive players that the Blue Jays needed uh, to hit at a decent level to be competitive this year, uh, for the most part, haven't done that. And that's problematic because their starting pitching has not been good. Um, yeah, let's split this into two. Let, let's talk about the hitting first. Um, they entered play on Wednesday as the uh, with the fewest runs in the American, American League. League. They were the owners of a 91 WRC+, plus, so even when you control for... Um, the park and there's plays favorably, although every park plays favorably now. Um, hence, Justin spoke having 23 home runs and Aaron Judge having what 50, 60 now, <laughs> 29, tying Joe DiMaggio's rookie record uh, for the Yankees. Which is yeah, but the Yankees don't have a lot of history. Setting it's a Yankees true. record. That's like setting definitely a not the most storied franchise in <laughs> yeah. the history of professional sports. Yeah, come on, that's like setting a, a Marlins record. Right. Doesn't no, count. It's the, the same thing. Yeah, um, yeah. A ninety-one WRC plus. They've essentially been a team of Kevin Pillar's this right. year. His WRC plus entered play Wednesday at ninety-one. Oh, was it really at ninety-one? Yeah, it was oh, exactly ninety-one. Yeah. Um, he's obviously come down to earth. Justin Smoke has not come down to earth. Um, but you know, I, I, it's weird. I don't. Because I do mostly Raptors, I don't get a ton of the... Like, I don't get Andrew Stoughton-level bad Jays takes in my mentions. But the one that's persisted all year has been that the Jays' offense is now bad because they lost Edwin Encarnacion. And Edwin has turned things around. I think he's WRC-plusing around 125, 130 now. Yeah, he um, but And Encarnacion did not injure a bunch of the Blue Jays. He did not he turn Jose Batista into a league average bad. He didn't sap Troy Tulowitzki's um, offensive capability altogether. There is, look, the Edwin to Morales downgrade is maybe like a 25% offensive downgrade so far this year. That's one spot in the lineup. Yeah, I mean, if, if, this if, is not an Edwin problem. If you're already inclined to sort of, you know, put the blame on the front office, um, that's a convenient pretext. But yeah, Edwin's been good, but like you said, he's not responsible for the pretty much widespread offensive regression we've seen from yes. every player, the every non, regular in the lineup, the except Justin Smoke. Smoke. Yeah, starting first baseman for the American League All-Stars. Unbelievable. Terrific. Um, Outbeating, out you know, Yonder Alonso and Logan Morrison. Yes, the who's who exactly. of waiver wire fantasy first baseman. You know, veritable collection of stars. Guys who are told not to draft yeah. on draft day. Um, yeah, so Smoke, I mean, it's cool. Look, it's far enough into the season that you can just set aside whether Smoke's going to come back down to earth, whether we need to mention launch angle every time he's having a plate appearance, um, things like that. It's far enough into the season at 83, 84 games played for him that we can just appreciate, 
you know, whether you'd rather watch Miguel Cabrera in the All-Star game, whatever. Justin Smoke deserves this. He's hit 23 home runs. He's been terrific. He's hitting 300, 367, 594. Um, he's been really good. And whether or not that's going to come down to earth, I know there are some flaws with, you know, the All-Star game recognizing half seasons or whatever. He's had a really, really good half year. So shout out to Justin Smoke. He has, Smoke. And, and, and there's no arbiter on what you know, the all-star game is, right? It's, you know, there are two schools of thought. It can be to celebrate the game's best players and to reward the players who had uh, the most exemplary first halves. And Justin Smoke is very much that. And that's the thing is that, like, uh, you have to appreciate it. And, and the best part is, is that, like, you know, you keep looking at the swing metrics and stuff like that, and there are substantive changes, and it's great. Yeah. You know, the contact rate is up 10%, way more contact on pitches uh, inside the strike zone, chasing way less. Uh, you've heard it here before. He's been sensational and really vindicating the front office for a deal that was maligned by pretty much everyone, and uh, quite possibly turning into one of the Blue Jays' more valuable trade assets? Maybe. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. The other well, we can side stay of on this, the offense for yes, a bit. Justin Smoke, well, we're going to switch to pitching, but Justin Smoke has been good enough at the plate um, that it's been a great story. He has not been good enough to make up for uh, a bullpen with, or a, sorry, a starting rotation with a 4.71 ERA um, that also isn't pitching deep into games, which has put a big strain on what's been a surprisingly effective, uh, effective bullpen. Yeah. You know, they've come down a little bit, but they've been overworked, and there's been a ton of. Um, turnover, as there always is in the bullpen. But They've been overworked, and they haven't had Joe Smith uh, at their disposal for like yeah. a month now. He's not going to come back uh, before the All-Star yeah. break. Joe uh, Smith and his 37% strikeout rate. Yeah, for the most part, uh, the guys that they've put into the, the high, in, high leverage roles rather uh, have acquitted themselves really well. Danny Barnes was a stud today. Uh, Ryan Tapera looks gassed, but he's been, uh, you know, pretty yeah, much all, everything. All-Star break coming at the right for time for this bullpen. Very much so. so. But the rotation. Yeah, the rotation. Not good. The rotation is trouble, and... It sounds like Aaron Sanchez is coming back this weekend. Friday. 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 So, um, who's throwing Thursday? Tomorrow will be Liriana. Okay. So, Liriana Sanchez, how do you... So, Estrada's in there, Biagini's in there, Hap's in there, and then you have Sanchez coming back, um, you have Stroman dealing with a blister. How do you play this out over the last four days of this of the pre-All-Star break here? Because you have a big rest coming up, you don't have to use one of these arms over the next four. You don't have to use two of these arms, really, and, and Biagini is probably... The big question mark as to whether he's going to tr- use this time to transition back to the bullpen. Um, how do you shape this for the weekend, and what does your rotation look like coming out of it? Yeah, I, I was assuming no one is dealt for now. Right, exactly. And that for me, Biagini uh, would be the guy who would move back to the bullpen. Um, and the club did come out today and uh, try to dispel concern over Marcus Stroman's finger. They said okay. it didn't develop into a blister, uh, so he should be fine. He will definitely pitch this weekend, and I would definitely use the next four games. Uh, you know, Marco Strada is definitely not going to throw, and I think that's okay. important at this point. So um, Hap slides in there then. Yeah, and okay. th- well, he'd be on regular schedule. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they'll go Liriano, Sanchez, uh, Hap, Stroman. No, no, Stroman Hap. Okay. Uh, Stroman Hap to round out the first half, and uh, I mean that's that's I think ideal. Joe Biagini's really struggled over his last few outings, yeah. and Marco Strada. I mean. It's been a really rough go for him. He came, I, he came into today's start uh, with like a 9-11 ERA since the start of June. Tons of walks, uh, too many home runs. And, you know, just by the eye test, really not commanding his pitches well at all. That start against Boston, he he said he was trying to throw pitches down the middle, uh, and he couldn't even do that. Yeah, uh, gives up six over four and two-thirds, uh, five strikeouts but four walks, and Aaron Judge takes him deep. Yeah, he's, and so did G-Man Choi. Yeah. But, uh, oh, by the way, um, Kevin Pillar hitting his... First career opportunity. field home run. run. Yankee Stadium, man. Gotta love it. The gotta Yankee love Stadium. these. Related to Marcus Stroman and Kevin Pillar, actually. Gotta love these juiced up balls. Right? Causing blisters and, and all the home runs. It's not just a conspiracy theory. 
It's not. Uh, I mean, if, it, it might be, but I love conspiracy theories. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's, there's your tinfoil hat. Yeah. I'm looking at it right Smaller, now. Smaller, tighter balls with lower seams. Yeah. Let's go. So, yeah, I mean, coming out of the break, I mean, ideally, I'd like to lead off with Aaron Sanchez again. Um, yeah, that's fine. To open that series against, is it Cleveland? Uh, Detroit. Detroit. Coming out of the break. So the, you, you've got four days off for the break, so you can really, you'll be able to go with what, you set it up however you want. Coming yeah, out of the I, break, would, so. I would go Sanchez, Stroman, uh, no, Sanchez, Hap, Stroman. Split those two up. And then probably Estrada, Liriano. Okay, assuming everyone's healthy and, and everyone's going to go. Biagini moves back to the bullpen then. Yep. And, um, and, and, and let me just say this about Joe Biagini. I think he pitched better than his numbers suggested. Uh, his fielding independent numbers in a starting role were like two runs better, two runs lower. Yeah, 560 like versus 383. Yeah, and he's really struggled uh, in the first inning. Uh, his his walk rate was like 15% in the first inning. Which is super uh, weird for a reliever. And there's there's no real causal relationship no. there. Like, it's really hard you to... you think the first time through the order would be fine. It'd be the second and third time through that. Yeah, that and for him, he just... It, and it always felt like he would get, like, induced, like, two feeble groundouts to start games and, like consecutive walks and like a two-out base hit and things would get away from him quickly and uh, he would you know his pitch counts would get high and he would struggle to go deep into games but uh, yeah I think Joe Biagini at some point in his major league career is going to get another opportunity to start it might be as soon as next year um, it might but be as soon as post trade deadline that's right well uh, he, he also might be a, a decent trade chip yes, too that's not a, uh, not a but, bad idea um, we you keep, know, we keep with, kicking this down the podcast. We do. We have a couple of smaller things to talk about. But first, I mean, so. you know, adding a, a guy who can go multiple innings uh, and pitch in high leverage spots, get righties and lefties out. Uh, you know, that's that's a boon for a Blue Jays bullpen. That's been really, uh, really taxed in the first half of the season. And uh, you know, it, you, I guess the return of Sanchez does give you a little bit of reason for optimism. And Stroman's been pretty good. Uh, and Hap's been sensational for the last month. So, you know, as, as frustrating as it was to see their starters struggle to go deep into games and it felt like always saddled the offense with a first inning deficit, uh, you know, so routinely in the first half, uh, you know, you got to feel a little bit good about their starting pitching prospects for the second half. Yeah, I mean, if everyone's healthy... You don't have um, to squint too hard to see yeah. them being at least good. Yeah, I'm, I'm concerned about Estrada. Um, Me too. Liriano is the king of inconsistency. Like, that guy's the most volatile, you know, Split, um, split he, he has season. always been Francisco Liriano. Yes, and, and whether that's season to season or half season to half season, sure. um, you really... Even, he, I mean, he's even last year when he was with Pittsburgh, yeah. he, he was actually astonishingly similar to his first half from this year, yeah. where he walked a ton of guys, gave up a lot of home runs, and then last year he comes over from Pittsburgh to Toronto, and he pitched pretty effectively. Yeah, so I don't know what we hang it on this time. Is he moving on the mound too much? Does he... you know, Are him and Russell Martin too close now? Yeah, I, I don't it. know. That I don't know what it, it is. You can't be too close to Russell Martin. Come on. <laughs> Um, oh, speaking of the back catcher position. Miguel Montero. I talked myself into the Miguel Montero How are you doing, by the way? acquisition. Yeah. I'm getting there. The Miguel Montero acquisition being a move not to plug the, the backup catcher role, mm. to plug the starting second base role. Because For Russell, Russell Martin, Martin could then move to second. Absolutely. You keep Luke Maley on the roster. Yeah. Um, Luke Maley, though, torn meniscus. Yeah, needs, a, needs surgery. Yeah. And everyone That's, was so convinced that it was a phantom injury. He can have mine. What <laughs> am not, I doing with you it? Can have, you can have both of yours. I don't need all these menisci. Menisci, yeah. Um, So Miguel Montero, what's the... He kind of left in a weird cloud from Chicago. Unceremoniously. Yeah, after, you know, some comments about Jake Arrieta. Yeah. Um, And he's not wrong, for the record. Like, it's never good to come out uh, publicly and disparage your teammates. Uh, You know, you can never condone that. But Jake Arrieta came out, you know, shortly after the Miguel Montero... uh, Blowout in Chicago and said, "Well, he's he's kind of right. You know, we're cool. Uh, and Jake Arrieta is notoriously slow to the plate, anyways. So he he 
Word is welcome in Chicago after a game in which he allowed seven stolen bases to the Washington Nationals. <laughs> seven stolen bases. Was this pre-Trey Turner? Post-Trey Turner? That was Trey Turner got four of those. Okay, I was going to say, because if you give up seven... Look, Trey Turner is going to Trey Turner. By the way, that injury sucks, too. So brutal. Yeah. I'm I'm glad Correa avoided a serious injury last night. Yeah, like I know that that a big part of the DL boom this year has to do with the DL being shortened to 10 days. Teams are a little more more liberal putting guys on, but it's felt like a lot of injuries this year, man. Yeah, and I mean, we're not talking about devastating injuries. Dustin Fowler, man. His major league debut, the first inning, he's going to get his his first major league at bat in the home half of the inning, and he destroys a tendon in his kneecap, and he's done for the year. Devastating. Life's not fair, man. Um, Miguel Montero comes over from Chicago, where he was playing a, a split time role. He had a nice nice batting That's line a nice this year. Up. Yeah, two eighty six, three sixty six, four thirty nine at, at the plate. He's got a little. He's always had a little bit of power, like low to mid double digit power um, from the catcher position, which is great. Um, he's a good OBP guy. He takes a lot of walks historically. 10.2% career walk rate. He took a huge walk today to jumpstart that uh, comeback against Dylan Batances. He did. Took um, it off the inning. Yes. Oh, man. That, that it, it sends me a flashback. So I think Eric Kareen had a... Dylan is giving them too many but chances. He actually said... I'm sorry, Eric. He said Dylan is giving the Raptors too many oh, but, no, ch- did he? but chances. Oh, no. Did he? Deletes it. And I told him. I said, I saw that. And he told me to keep it quiet. But I had to expose him. Unbelievable. Of low moral fiber. Eric Crean, by the way, who, uh, my co-host on the Raptors Reasonless Podcast on the Athletic Toronto. Yeah. Um, you can find his You're great work on the, on the, eh, nah. even. Yeah. Depends on the week. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, you can find his great work on the Athletic Toronto on the basketball side. Um, baseball side, lots of good stuff too, including some stuff on Miguel Montero. Uh, Jonah, your take on the, on the addition, what his role is from here. Is it a strict backup? Is it going to get Russ some more time off? Let Russ play a little bit of second, maybe? Uh, what's what's going on here? I don't think that you're going to see Russell Martin play any second I base. I just want Russell Martin in the field every day, man. And so do I. And he played third base today. Yeah. When, he... when Josh Donaldson gets traded, then... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> don't even joke. Uh, <laughs> even though it's not a joke and actually quite plausible. But, uh, yeah, no, he will probably, uh, you know, serve as a pretty traditional backup catcher. Um, John Gibbons said, you know, we're not going to use the acquisition of Montero uh, in an effort to give Russ more downtime. Uh, and he really didn't have that... Uh, strenuous a workload in the first half because he missed time with that shoulder injury and then they were... Right, he's, uh, he played 57 games. Right, and that's really not that much. Uh, but you saw today, you know, that they are inclined to use him at third base. I don't think you're going to see him at second. He's only played the position like four times in his big league career for like a total of like nine innings. More than enough. Uh, it's a great idea. But no, uh, having Miguel Montero, that's a considerable upgrade over your boy Luke Maley, yeah. who's just not yeah. a major league caliber hitter. Montero's also another left-handed bat off the bench. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, a guy can take walks. And he's also, uh, despite his woes uh, throwing out potential base dealers, he's actually regarded as an above-average pitch frame or two. Okay. Uh, veteran catcher. Uh, I thought, you know, he, he he looked comfortable behind the plate working with a pitcher that he had never worked with before in Marco Estrada. Uh, and then navigating his way uh, through the bullpen as well. Uh, so it, it's a nice little pickup. And Chicago absorbed the majority of the $7 million or so remaining on his contract. So there's really no risk here for the Blue Jays. Uh, especially because they didn't have to DFA Maley or anything like that. Yeah, that's um, And, you know, in the event that the Jays do decide to unload, uh, he's another guy that you could flip to a contender, and he'd be a pretty nice little uh, addition as a backup catcher. Especially now that there's not money attached exactly. to it, right? He's essentially free for uh, the team that uh, would potentially acquire him. Yeah, you mentioned Montero's defense. Um, Fangraph's defensive metric, which doesn't include pitch framing just yet, um, has him as a slight enough negative over the last two years that it's essentially neutral. Um, he's had some really, really good seasons in his past. And then um, if you look at the pitch framing statistics, which I'm trying scrambling to do right now, um, slight negative this year, but historically 
uh, pretty positive. And, and those are obviously subject to very small samples. Yeah. And if you uh, if you check uh, Baseball Prospectus, I think they have him actually as a, as an above average pitch framer uh, for this season. But uh, yeah, it, I mean he's close to. Don't get me wrong, he's he's within a stone's throw of, of average. But uh, you know he's not the kind of defensive liability uh, behind the plate that say you know our other uh, backups were in Jared Zeltmanakia uh, or guys like that. Uh, he's he's not you know Luke Maley, but he offers way more at the plate uh, and is also like you said a, a left-handed bat uh, off the bench. Yeah, I can't uh, I can't get the. Well, we'll deal with the catcher framing stuff later. It's not, you know, a lot of this is reputation and sample size anyway, and my computer is forgetting my baseball prospectus login right now. So we'll leave the exact catcher framing stat for now. What we do need to frame is the, yeah, (laughs) this is so cheesy. The cheesier the better when it comes to that. That was a Tyler Flowers level frame right there. There you go. Um, So the Toronto Blue Jays have four games before the All-Star break. They do. Six games below 500. They are. Four and a half out of a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. Naturally, um, all season we've been saying, well, you know, it's important for the Jays to play well early on because that will inform what they do in July. And yes. What Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins are going to do heading into the deadline. Why are you laughing? We thought that it would inform their decision making. Yes. But now they are probably just as ambivalent as everyone else. Yes. So the, the Jays are in this weird, uh, you mentioned it earlier, this weird second wild card bubble where you're so close to a playoff spot, but it's still not particularly likely. I mean, Fangraph's playoff I, odds still had the Jays at, at a 17.1% chance before the win on Wednesday. But interestingly, a higher probability of winning the division than the Baltimore Orioles, who are currently two games ahead of them in the standings. Anyways... Yeah. But I th- well, I th- that's because the Orioles, I you know, the was... model factors in that the Orioles are right. the Orioles. The Orioles, yeah. in- indeed. But I thought it was very telling that today, and I'm, you know, to segue a little bit, uh, John Morosi tweeted out the Cardinals were interested in Josh Donaldson. And it was funny to me because the Cardinals uh, coming into today were like four and a half back of a playoff spot. And the Blue Jays were like five games back of a playoff spot. Uh, so if that doesn't, uh, you know, distill sort of the, the, the nature of... Uh, how difficult it is to, to ascertain whether you're uh, a buyer or a seller in the era of two wildcard teams. Uh, I don't know what will. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting. Uh, so John Morosi had this um, had the report that the Cardinals could be interested. Um, Andrew Stoughton over at Blue Jays Nation, who also does great work for the Athletic Toronto. He does. Um, kind of poured some cold water on this, to put it kindly. Yeah. Um, basically pointing out that, yeah, Morosi's report is probably true. But it's probably true because, of course, any team in baseball would be interested in a very good player if he became available, um, and, and then notes that uh, the Jays players could become available. If any borderline yeah. contender wasn't interested in Josh Donaldson... That's uh, gross negligence. Absolutely. Yeah, so um, obviously teams would be interested in Josh Donaldson. You could make a case that teams would be interested in several of the Blue Jays players. Now, whether or not... Shapiro and Atkins have not used the term rebuild, I don't think. They have talked about potentially retooling. Yeah. And I think when you have young pieces like Sanchez, Stroman, and Osuna, who figure to be cheap for a little bit still, um, maybe selling pieces at the deadline is not a look ahead to 2022. Maybe it's a retooling for, say, 2019, when you still have some really good assets um, at affordable prices. You know, you might still have the, the Russell Martin and Troy Tulowitzki deals around, but you could see this team kind of resetting and kicking the can down two years down the line. Um, I know you are hesitant to move in that direction generally. Um, are you at that point yet? Or what would it take for you to get to that point where the last you know, trade deadline week, you're like, okay, let's fire up the, the prospect list and see what we can get. 
Yeah, well, first, we sorry, we yeah. the the royal we. Not, I'm not referring yeah, to the Jesus. Yeah, no, we. I, I I before that, I think it is important to stress that it's it's non-binary, right? right? The approach to the deadline, it's that it's not your rebuilding or you're going for it. You know, there is yeah, you can't trade 25 guys. Well, exactly, and the fact of the matter is, this Blue Jays team has a lot of assets you could easily liquidate. Uh, while still also uh, not conceding the 2018 season. Right. And I think Donaldson's the big one because I think Donaldson is so good and still under control such that, you know, trading him would maybe concede the 2018 season. It would. Very much so. Because he's your best Right. The guys I'm referring to there, those are the non... So take take us through them. Right. So the guys that if the if the Blue Jays decide to sell uh, but not necessarily rebuild the guys you could see them parting ways with are Jose Batista, Marco Estrada, Francisco Liriano, uh, Joe Smith, Jay Th- Happ on there for you? I don't think so. Just one more year. He's got an extra year of team control. He's under control through twenty nineteen. Through twenty eighteen. He was Excuse one me. year longer yeah, 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 than Estrada. Yeah. That's right. Through twenty eighteen. Um, so you know those are guys that you could flip. Now the the fact of the matter is. Um, the Blue Jays might not be content uh, at the acquisition cost that those guys would uh, manage right now. Right. And if they were to bolster their trade value, odds are the Jays' prospects of making the postseason would also increase. Right, so there's a catch-22 here where yeah. if Estrada comes out of the break and, and throws two gems yeah. um, and looks healthy again, his trade value will go up. But, you know, then the Jays can talk themselves right. and maybe well, the look Jays at what at this rotation point, could look like. Maybe they're two games, you know, back of the second wildcard spot yeah. at that point. Um I guess we'll know more. We'll definitely know more this time next week at the All-Star break because the four-game series with Houston is tough. Houston's they're annoyingly so good. good. Houston, They're the only juggernaut in the American League. Houston is every argument you can make to t- for, do the, the full scale. For the complete tank yeah. rebuild. Yeah. Them Trust the, the process. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I Even mean, the Cubs kind of... I feel like they jumped in on fortifying their young core earlier than Houston did. Like mm-hmm. Houston was pretty patient. A lot of those like pillow, like, here, Scott Feldman, need some innings mm-hmm. stuff. Where Chicago was like, okay, we got young guys, let's go. For sure. Um, so, yeah. So, so who... Not who, maybe. What do you think you could return for some of these guys? Like, are you talking like one B-level prospect for a guy like Jose Batista with the season he's had um, and, that and the lack reasonable. of control? Yeah, yeah. I th- uh, and that's the thing is that most of these guys have had poor seasons uh, and don't offer an additional year of control. That's the case in uh, Jose Batista's instance, Marco Estrada's, Francisco Liriano's. Uh, Joe Smith's been really good, yeah. uh, but he's also a you know a reliever who's prone to platoon splits. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, in the case of those guys, and also they make uh, a fair bit of money too. Right. Uh, if you will, were willing Which, to absorb some of the financial hit, um, you know, you might be able to increase the the, the quality of the prospect. You right. Get the back. Pittsburgh Pirates special. Yeah, very much so. Um, yeah. So, and then the the counter to that is if you don't take the money. You know, is there an implicit? No, I guess they don't have to tell the fan base anything. But is the feeling then that any money they save down the stretch this year is found money for next year uh, if they're retooling? Or I for, very for, much or, think it is, and that's the thing: is that if you get rid of all those guys, but still retain Josh Donaldson, Marcus Stroman, Roberto Osuna, Aaron Sanchez, Devin Travis, uh, you know, you only have who? them. Who was that last one? <laughs> I know. Uh, I haven't you, seen them after Josh Donaldson's probably 20 million or so that he's going to get through arbitration, yep. you only have about $100 million on the books for next year. Yeah. That's Russell, $60 million and, and, less. And Russell Martin and Tulo are the only ones you look at and it's like, ugh. Right, that's the thing. A lot and, of... And they're not even, they're not even the, at the bad parts of those contracts yet. It's just... Yeah. You know, it's a lot of money for guys who were worth that money when they got... Right, even factoring arbitration raises in for a lot of their those core young guys I just mentioned, mm-hmm. their payroll is going to sit somewhere in the low hundreds, right? This year on opening day, it was around $165 million. If you retain Josh Donaldson and all those other young guys, 
you could conceivably, uh, after conceding the 2017 season, retool as soon as 2018. You can go out to the free agent market, which is going to be pretty robust this year. Um, sign some guys to fill in, you know, the vacancies created by yeah. trading one Jose on Batista. one bat, and then exactly some potentially open. converting Roberto into a starter. See that that I think is more of a thing for, and we should talk about Osuna specifically. But that. That is something that I could see more if they were retooling for 2019, 2020. Because you got to figure he's going to need some time to stretch out, right? He mm-hmm. hasn't pitched 100 innings before. Yeah. Um, but the, and but he's that's been the thing. in this role so long. The retooling, I suppose, for, that I'm d- describing now for 2018, I mean, that wouldn't be looking solely, you know, right, for of the course. 2018 it's not a one, season. Maybe you got to work something multi-year out with Donaldson then. Because next year's his last RBU, right? That's, yeah, well, next year's his last year. Okay. And then he hits free agency. Um, and whether or not you want to extend him is a different conversation because he's, he's already 31 years old. Um, but the fact of the matter is, even following the 2018 season, you still have all those other guys, and then potentially you have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. coming up. Yes. Bo so so this, up. Was, this is what I was going to ask about. I'm, I see the logic for the 2018 retool, um, and I think it's there. I think it's possible if they yeah. pull, especially if they pull the trigger early, because the thing that the wild card, the second wild card has done is it's confused the number of buyers and sellers um, and delayed everything kind of close to the deadline. I do feel like there would be like a mini bubble yeah. if you pulled the trigger on selling quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if, if you can get out in advance, get these teams an extra couple weeks with guys, um, they might be more motivated to, to move during the all-star break or something I definitely like that. Agree. Um, but the other thing is, um, if you were to look 2019, 2020 as as your retooling timeline, you know the high miners for the Jays are not particularly robust yet. They're not. You don't have a lot coming in support to kind of fill in those back end spots next year. You have Anthony Alford. You right. have potentially Dalton Pompey. Oh yeah, uh, he's back now, right? That's right. We have assignment right now. Correct. That's great news. Yeah, it, it really is, and that's the thing is that people have. So those and understandably so, people have forgotten about yeah. those guys. Rowdy uh, Telez, you know, is, yeah, is, after a cold start. Yeah, he hasn't been great, and uh, you know, it, it's been sort of vindicating for the scouts who are you know yeah. questioning the bat speed and whether or not he can actually hit enough to play first base at the major league level. But Let's give him some he's time. a guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, he's a guy uh, to keep your eye on. Um, don't get me wrong; the jewels of the farm system are still a couple years away. Right. So, oh, so this is where I was leading with this. If you retool and 2018 is, is in your mind, then are you put? Are you, if you're the GM, placing a premium on um, prospect those B level prospects we talked about maybe getting back? Are you putting a premium on guys who are closer to the majors? I would. I think at this point, okay. uh, look. If there's a serious talent disparity, right? There's obviously a continuum you, here. Right. Where you always take the most talented player available for right. the most part, but. If it's essentially all else being equal and one guy's, you know, in the Eastern League and one guy's still in the Gulf Coast League, uh, you know, you want to take the guy who's closer to the major leagues because that just lowers the risk profile. Okay, so you are in... Wait, are you there yet? Or do you want to see... Do you need the Houston series? Do you need that Detroit series coming out of the Houston series if they split the Houston series? When are you... Because I know you you don't like doing this. It's It, it only takes one run, right? Yeah. We saw it the last two years after cold starts. This is a particularly cold start with right. maybe fewer reasons for... Like fewer canaries in the coal mine that, that good changes are coming. Um, that Pythag yeah. from 2015 is... Is long gone. That's the thing is that the more I think about it, the the, the less inclined I am uh, to do uh, a rebuild. Even though the haul you would get for Josh Donaldson and some of those other guys would be massive. Okay. Um, and having said that, just a quick digression. I think the opportunity cost uh, of no, say not trading Josh Donaldson this past winter, and obviously they were never going to do that. But it feels like it was significant now because I feel like a lot of the guys they would have targeted in exchange for Donaldson in a potential trade have already graduated to the big leagues. Yeah. Um, and sort of depleted sort of the the upper echelon 
of top prospects. Anyways, that's not the point. Um, yeah, the more I think about it, I want the Blue Jays to take as much time as they can to make this decision, and that even though you you know there might be a higher premium for getting a couple more weeks out of those players that the Blue Jays are considering trading, I think that they need to take uh, as much time as possible uh, to really ascertain whether or not they can give it a go uh, before they uh, you know pull the trigger uh, come July thirty first. Does your opinion on it change more this year because the last two years you could really talk yourself into? And sorry if I'm putting words in your mouth. Um, the last two years, there was a genuine feeling that if things broke right and, you know, fortune smiled on them or whatever, the mm-hmm. Jays were a World Series contender mm-hmm. the last two years. They don't quite feel like they, they, they feel like a team that could still go on a run and make the playoffs. Yeah. They don't feel like a team that's going to make noise through three rounds. It's true. So uh, does that change your thinking at all? Uh, you know, if the, if the, the floor look, is I, a wild card game would be would be cool. Those that, that was a lot of fun. It'd be great. But I, I guess for me, it's that. You know, when you make the Major League Baseball postseason, you're dealing exclusively in small samples. And you don't have, unlike in other sports where typically the best team wins basketball, football, uh, you know, the team with the best quarterback or the team with LeBron James or, you know, the Golden State Warriors, they win, right? In baseball, that's not the case. Uh, as recently as 2015, you know, we saw the Kansas City Royals play the New York Mets in the World Series, and the Kansas City Royals won the World Series, despite the fact that they're the Kansas City Royals. Yeah. So that's the thing is that, um, I think getting into the playoffs, uh, you know, is that's something. Yeah. You know, in baseball, if you get in, you can win. Yeah. Um, Puncher's th- chance and all that. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, a, a postseason rotation, maybe of Aaron Sanchez and Marcus Stroman, and then I don't know, Jay Happ. Like that's it's not terrible. No. You know. Um, and you can shorten games with Osuna back there, and if Joe Smith comes back, and Joe Biagini and, and Danny yeah. Barnes, and yeah. you know, uh, so. Yeah, you definitely have to squint harder to see them as a potential World Series contender this year. Um, but, you know, I don't know. It's that, you know, they, they have, you know, consistently since since 2015, since they became this team, this iteration of this team, they have not uh, distinguished themselves in the first half of seasons. No. Uh, you know, they've come into July and, and really trade season um, sort of on the bubble, looking good and having potential and teams recognize, oh, there's a lot of talent here and, you know, maybe they're not playing up to it. Um, and then, you know, they found, they find ways to get into the postseason, uh, you know, in each of the last two seasons. So, uh, and, and there's, honestly, there's, there's part of me, it's like, I can't believe Troy Tulowitzki is this bad, you know? Yeah, it's... And I can't believe that Jose Batista has become merely a league average hitter now. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe, the, maybe I'm being, you know, maybe I'm ignoring the data that's in front of me and also, you know, the eye test because Troy Tulowitzki looks terrible. And a lot of those numbers are scary. Yeah. It, it feels like he hits a ground ball to shortstop every single at bat. And Jose Batista, you know, he's been hitting much better the last two weeks. Yeah. He's been hitting great, but he's also not turning on the baseball. It feels like yeah. he's poking a lot of singles to center and to right. Still taking his walks, yeah. uh, but he's not the Jose Batista that, you know, we've... He's not striking fear. No, he's not. Um, in fact, he feels much more like a leadoff hitter now uh, yeah. than he ever has. Yeah. Uh, um, but... Okay, so that's how you feel about things. Let me turn it just quickly before we end here. Um, the Blue Jays, six, six games under 500, four and a half back. They go one and three against the Astros this yeah. weekend. They enter the also break eight games under 500, say six games back. What do you think happens? Not yeah. what do you feel like I think they're shopping guys. Then they're shopping? For sure. And does, and it, does that extend as far as Donaldson, or is Donaldson... Do I don't you, know. Well, here, here's, here's the complicating factor for that, is that they've been frustrating, infuriating fans all year. They have never been at 500. They are leading the American League in attendance. If Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins decide to trade Josh Donaldson, it's probably going to become a leopard colony at Rogers Center come August. 
come September. That's a really, really tough, like hard move to sell uh, to a fan base that has been crazy supportive for the last two years. Um, do I think that's factoring into their calculation? Yes, I do. But I also it's think it's money. That it factors into the future. Absolutely, stuff, and I think it's really not that hard to see uh, a pathway to being a contender as soon as 2018. Even if you get rid of you know those guys that we mentioned, guys who are going to be gone anyway. Exactly, impending free agents. You know, maybe Batista's not, but like maybe I, I can't imagine that mutual option. It's definitely I don't not think, being exercised by the Blue Jays. I, I don't think there's a mutual option that's ever been yeah. exercised. Um, yeah, for 18 million dollars, the Blue Jays are not touching that with a 10 foot clown. Yeah. Clown pole. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Oh, what does that look like? It's a, it's a Simpsons reference. Okay. Sorry. Very man. disappointing. Sorry, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, they go one and three against against Houston. Look, I think they're already no pressure, making. Guys. I think they're already making phone calls. Yeah, of course they. Are. Yeah. Again, we get back to the point where if you're not looking, it's kind of negligent, right? I, like I, you got to see. I don't think that they want to sell, because I think they they have. Plainly like, seen what a cash cow this team is. Yes, money, when they're good. money is And wonderful. even when they're not good. Because yeah. they've been bad this year. Yeah. Uh, and they still lead the American League in attendance. They're averaging like 39,996 every single home Ooh. game. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you, you can't make imprudent moves right. uh, even when you're making money uh, because, you know... That's how you become the Phillies, who you know are slogging through an interminable. At least Ryan Howard only has four years left on yeah, the deal. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I guess that's the that's a warning sign. And to the Jays' credit, really, you know, Ross and Tulo are are not the best deals as they continue to age, but they don't. I mean, there's not a ton of outlay in this core other than those. Russ two guys, is fine. So. Yeah, Russ is fine. I mean, I'd pay twenty he, million for what he does for the locker room alone. You, he projects to be a like a, essentially a two win player this year, yeah. and you know wins are at about what eight million. We yeah, estimate they're wins only on the about, open market at now. That, that still makes yeah, and that still makes them one of the better catchers in the game. There are only I think eleven catchers last year who put up two win seasons. Yeah. And that I mean, we have to leave an error ban there for the fact that we don't really know yet how much catchers impact pitching staffs. And right, stuff like that. exactly, so, stuff that we can't quantify. Yeah. And the fact is, these you know we're heading into the back stretch of a five year deal. Like yeah, you're, of you're course, gonna get we knew that we all knew this diminishing was returns. Yeah, uh, yeah, that two contract though, Not it's good. fine. He'll he did this last year for like a week. Mm. What's the difference between doing it for a week and doing Grammers it for three months? Grammers and pop ups, man. Yeah. Grammers and pop ups. All right, um, Jonah, any parting shots before we let you go? Uh just good to see you man yeah thanks man you too that's that's all i got i don't know what i'm gonna do for this podcast next week i'll be in vegas for summer league so and it's all-star break you let me host that'd be do, dangerous i can't do that no. I, I wouldn't let you'll me just host. sit here be sobbing and yeah yeah it'll be bad um all right man well thanks for coming on yeah thanks for having me on pal all right thanks for listening guys we'll talk to you next week got it, got it for cheap. might hurt you once but never no more like trying to fly but they clipping your wings and that's exactly why the cage bird sings got it, got it for